Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and I am very grateful that you're spending time listening to the show. And if you're just tuning in, make sure you always check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And we are doing a really good job. Amy's doing a great job at getting all of those podcasts loaded onto all your favorite podcast uh, sites. So we have it on Stitcher and Spotify, uh, Google Play, I believe, iTunes. So make sure that you check out whatever podcast server you usually use because we may be finally up there and having all the shows. And pretty soon we'll have them all. So you'll have the entire library there as well. So... I'm glad that you are listening, and thank you always for your comments and just your input on social media. I really occur, you know, I really appreciate it. And I want to also encourage you, if you have topics that you would like, that you would really like to hear someone talk about, have me talk on, you have a question, always you can email me. It's a private email. It's CynthiaHyatt at gmail.com. You can ask me anything, okay? So... Here we are. We are really continuing. Remember, the very beginning of January, we committed this to being the best year ever. So we're learning how to do the best year ever. And then as we practice it this year, we will take it into the next years. And it will become more natural, more like a habit. So we're going to talk today about the past. Everybody has a past. Even if you're a day old, you have a past. And I want to talk about undoing your past because so many of us have things in our past that, you know, when we think about it, we just kind of cringe. We go, oh, I hate it that I did that. I hate it. And it doesn't sometimes matter how far away it is. It could be in high school. It could be in junior high. It could be elementary school. It could have been yesterday, whatever it is. But part of really being the best version of you is understanding that I can undo my past. I can't redo it, but I can make sure it doesn't repeat itself, and I can make sure that it isn't fodder for the enemy of my soul to use against me and to constantly be condemning me and reminding me of it. We don't want our past to be a burden. It's part of our story. Everybody has a story. And I want you to think about the fact that everybody loves a comeback. Think of how forgiving we are with people that we may have disdained if they get their act together. Think about Robert Downey Jr. I mean, he really was having a a rough time, and he made this great comeback. So I want you to think about athletes. We really revere them. Think about Tiger Woods. Wow, what a comeback. This is really important for you to understand that you can always come back. Don't let the enemy tell you that your days are over. But there's no point in trying. You've ruined your life. You've ruined a relationship, whatever it is. 
Because even if we can't redo it, we can undo the effects, the negative effects that it has on us so that we can actually learn from it and be better people, stronger people, more transparent people, more flexible people. So the best way to deal with your past is to reconcile with it. So in other words, I need to accept my past as it is. I need to not lie to myself about it, not rewrite it, embellish it, make excuses for it, whatever it is. Because I want you to understand this really important concept that acceptance does not mean agreement. So just because I'm accepting my past doesn't mean I agree with it. I'm not, that doesn't mean I'm okay with it. It means I'm not going to fight with it anymore. I'm not going to wrestle with it. I'm going to accept it. That event happened. I really did do that. I really did mess up in that way. And this can be really big blunders to what you did yesterday when you said to yourself, you know, I really shouldn't have said that to that person. Man. And instead of leaving it there just feeling bad, we want to remind ourselves that this is part of learning. All we're doing here on earth is learning and preparing for eternity. And so those of us you know, most of us, we're preparing for a great eternity. There are some people that refuse to prepare, or what they're preparing for is hell. So we want to be the people that are preparing for this great eternity so that we get to experience eternity the way God really, really wants us to experience it, fully, completely. So I want you to remember that your past is a very powerful reminder either of who you want to be or who you don't want to be. So when you use your memory to gain better understanding of your past, this allows you to create new history versus rewriting or trying to deny your past. Everybody makes mistakes, huge mistakes. Oh my goodness. It's not possible to not make big mistakes. All you have to do is read about the apostles, the disciples. Anyone that's done anything great for God has, are, has also done some really bad things. Let's think about Noah. He gets drunk when he gets off the boat. Let's think about David. He's trying to kill his best friend so that he can sleep with his wife. How about Jonah? He just flat out refuses to do what God has asked him to do. Let's just talk about Adam and Eve. My gosh. So think about this, that we're, we're in the population of the greats. Everyone to God is a great human. He doesn't make castaways or throwaways. So everyone to God is amazing. We just don't always live up to that. We just don't always believe that because we believe that being amazing, being somebody that can be respected or revered means being perfect. I tell clients day in and day out, first of all, you never can be perfect because you don't even know what perfect looks like. You only know what perfect isn't. So what we want to strive for is excellence. We want to be the best version of ourselves, the most excellent version of ourselves. We're not trying to be perfect. We don't even know what it is. 
So using your memory to gain a better understanding of your past is the thing that causes you to be someone that is brave enough, humble enough, smart enough to actually learn from mistakes instead of hide from them, shirk from them, lie about them, bury them, pretend they never happened. So while you can't undo your past, you can't rewrite your history, that would be a lie, you can redo your present so that you're not doing the normal past that you had. You can redo your present and create a new future for yourself and for others, even those that you may have offended. So I want you to think about some people that you thought their relationship was completely over. Whatever it is that they did was unacceptable, unexcusable, felt like it was unforgivable. And somehow that person got their act together and you're friends again. Maybe it was a spouse and you actually stayed married. Maybe it was a prodigal child. Maybe it was a boss that you couldn't stand. So this is what I want you to think about. This can be extremely admirable and healing. Very healing experience for those that you have let down. As well as the possibility of cultivating hope. So the beautiful thing about this is the opportunity to create new history. So if you don't like what your past was, do it differently now. Make it new. Be a different person. Be who you're supposed to be. So even though I can't undo my past, I need to treasure my present and future because this is where hope lies. Hope is in creating new history. Hope is in ending well. Hope is being a hero that overcomes. So I need to really be diligent in creating new history. And that new history becomes what I'm then known for. And oftentimes, I'm going to be seen very positively for it. People will say, wow, you know, they've really made a turnaround. They have really changed. They're, it's impressive. They really made a comeback. I didn't think they could do it. They've done it. They've worked really hard. It's amazing. It's really admirable. So if I do that, I am now viewed as that brave overcomer. And I'm in the elite group of individuals who actually change. That's an elite group. It's hard to change. It's very hard to change. But everybody loves a comeback. Because when someone else comes back and does it right, gets their act together, changes, then we have hope for ourselves. And we think, well, you know, if they can do it, I can do it. Instead of going and hiding because now I feel like I'm an embarrassment and I don't want to show my face, maybe I just need to, like, you know, pull myself together know that I'm a mistake-making person. I screwed up really badly. It may take a long time. It may be a really big cleanup job. But people are going to admire me and begin to trust me again if I try really hard and work diligently at fixing it. The enemy hates it. Do you know one of the enemy's favorite stories of all in the Bible is the story of Judas? Because Judas didn't make it. Jesus offered him a comeback so many times. He knew Judas was doing what he was doing. Every, the whole entire time Judas was with Jesus, he knew he was a thief, a liar, stealing, arrogant. 
He knew all these things. And he was hoping that Judas would get his act together. And at the very end, Jesus said to him, Wow, it'd be better if you would have never been born. I hate what you're going to have to face. And Judas left and went out in a blaze of glorious, disgusting behavior. And that's what he's known for. That's why nobody names their kid Judas. So we're coming to the end of this segment. Really appreciate you spending time. And if you can't listen to the show in its entirety, you can download it off the website or now off your favorite podcast server. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we really talk about the fact that people can change, learn, and grow. Welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for joining me. And if you're just tuning in now and missed the first segment, you can always go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com and to any of your podcast servers that you usually use. They're probably, we probably have most of the shows on those uh, different podcast servers now. So we're talking about this idea of undoing your past. And that doesn't mean redoing it because we can't redo it. But we can undo the effects of our past if it's negative, right? Now, if our past is positive, we want to make sure that we're not trying to stay back there and live it there because then we're going to be creating a future for ourselves that is not very admirable. So people can change. They can learn. They can grow. You can change. I see it every day in my office. I've been doing it for 30 years. I've seen how God has changed me radically. And I also know how painful it was many times and the effort that I had to put into it. And it was tiresome. But I did change and I did learn and I continue to change. I continue to learn. I continue to grow. But it takes effort because anything that's admirable is hard. Anything admirable takes effort. You know, we don't admire somebody that sleeps all day, right? How much effort does that take? So think about this. If I keep doing the same thing, I'm going to get the same results, right? So if I keep doing the same thing, I'm going to get the same results, and I will be continuously reinforcing my history. And unfortunately, people will then learn to anticipate the same old thing. If I have a moment of change, we're probably not going to trust it until it becomes new history. So, therefore, here's what I want you to think about. Don't, don't change until you're really ready to seriously implement it for real. Because you'll, you'll make it harder on everybody if you start to change and then, and then don't pull it off. So I want you to really think about this. If you're going to really change a behavior that everybody knows you for, whatever that may be, an addiction, lying, stealing, laziness, being mean, snotty, gossiping, okay, whatever, whatever it is that you're wanting to change and say, you know what, I don't want that to keep being my history. I keep doing the same stuff. I keep overdrawing my checking account. I keep being late on my bills. I keep showing up late to work. 
whatever it may be. I keep getting mad at my kids. I keep regretting how I dealt with my children. These, you can change these things. But what you want to think about is if you begin to change and you set people up to hope, and then you kind of go, yeah, I don't want to do it anymore. It's too hard. It would have been better if you would have never started. So this, we don't do this, this whole idea of changing something just as a fluke. We don't go, well, I'll see if I can pull it off. We have to really prepare for it, be committed to it, understand how hard it's going to be, have some support in doing it as well. So if we do this and let people down repeatedly, what happens is we give them a glimpse of what we can be, and we're just apparently choose not to be that. So this further intensifies the hurt of my past. They get doubly hurt or, or hurt in triplicate because they see that I really could be healthier. I just am too lazy to be it. So I'm going to tell you, don't start on a change if you're not going to follow through with it. So in other words, I show and I prove that I can behave well and that I choose not to. That's what I'm showing people which makes me appear even more selfish and a really high risk when it comes to relationship. So this is what I want you to think about. If you show you can make the change and you choose to not continue, then this is what people will start to think. They'll go, oh, now I know what you're doing. Well, if you can do it, why haven't you? So why now? So they'll say, oh, I know why you're doing it now, because you want something. So as soon as you get what you want, you're going to go back to what you always do. That one's even harder to undo. That's why I'm kind of giving you a warning. So if you choose to change history, you first need a solid plan, because it can't change everything all at once. So in order to elicit trust and encourage people to risk relational reinvestment in me, right, that I'm giving them hope that, hey, you know what? Maybe I can trust this person. Maybe I can spend more time with them. Maybe I can refer them to people. Maybe I do feel really good saying I know that person, right? So if you're choosing to do this, you get a solid plan. And I'm telling you the truth. You kind of almost have to be perfect. Now, it's not possible. So here's the antidote for mistakes while we're learning to change, okay? When I mess up, and that's inevitable, I don't make excuses. Super, super important. I know I own up to it, and I ask the offended what they need from me to repair it. I don't water it down, and I even do more than they ask even if it doesn't make sense, even if what they're asking me to do seems ridiculous and stupid. I say to myself, hey, if that's going to fix it, I'll do whatever you need. And I do it with a good attitude, and I take it seriously because it's serious to them. And more often than not, I'm telling you, this antidote works perfectly, works beautifully. People really want others to succeed. They really do. 
And if they've hung in there with you long enough to tolerate whatever it is that you really should be changing, they will be really happy and want to support the change. So I want you to think about this. Let, let me tell you about a, um, this is a couple. Now, it's not a real couple, but it's a combination of a lot of couples. We'll call them Jane and John. And so Jane and John had a pretty good relationship, started to kind of fall apart. They kind of started to grow apart. They got really busy with their lives, and Jane entered into an extramarital affair. And John found out about it. Now, this is devastating. If any of you have experienced it or, ex or know friends or family that have, have had to go through this, it is devastating. And sometimes it's not repairable, sadly. So let's say she's been doing really well for about six months. She's really, you know, she's, he can see her phone all the time. She let him put a GPS tracker on her car. She said, you know, you can call me anytime. You can tell me I'm unco you're uncomfortable with something I'm wearing. You can say, hey, I don't know why, but I feel suspicious about where you just went. Where were you? Whatever it was. And she was very humble to say, whatever it takes. I don't like how that happened. So I'm going to take care of my side of the street. And what that did was gave John the ability to say, you know, maybe I was neglectful of my wife. Maybe I set her up to be a little vulnerable. Maybe I wasn't complimentary. Maybe I wasn't affectionate. Maybe I ignored her. So he was able to then better look at some of his side of the street. Now we're coming to the half hour. We're going to start more with John and Jane in the next segment. So don't stop listening. And I look forward to talking to you in the next segment. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and we are talking about undoing your past. Not redoing it, but undoing the effects of your past by changing your behavior in the present and creating a new future, which creates new history. So we talked, we were ending in that last segment talking about a couple, Jane and John, and Jane kind of went outside the marriage, had an extramarital affair. And so she's wanting John to try again. She's wanting her husband to reinvest in her. So she's going to have to really be on top of herself so that he gets a new experience of her regularly and that she doesn't fight him on what he's needing. So we left off in, in the last segment that they were about six months into this. Jane had been doing a great job. They end up being at a restaurant. They're talking back and forth with one another. All of a sudden, her phone goes off, and she goes to grab it, and John looks at it and thinks it's like a weird number, kind of got freaked out about her, I don't know, response. And he goes, um, can I look at your phone? Now, we're at a juncture here. Jane has done really good for six months. She might be a little bit tired of being questioned all the time. She might be like, when is he going to get over this, right? 
I really am committed to a new future. I've really been working on every single day, doing it different so that I can really regain my trust. And now we're having a great time at dinner. And he asks me, all of a sudden, he's suspicious of me now. So she has two ways. She can either say to him, seriously? After all of this, I've done so good for six months. I, you still don't trust me? Or she can remember what her therapist told her that says grief and loss takes a minimum of a year. And she can look at him, push the phone across the table and say, honey, whatever you need. I am so glad you asked me. Look how far we have come. You asked me in the moment. You told me what you needed in the moment. And you're letting me give you what you need. Please look at my phone. Whatever you want to see. And you know what John did? He pushed it away and he said, no, I, I trust you, thanks. Her response and her repeated responses has worked so well at undoing so much damage that that behavior did that he has been able to look at his side of the street, what he might have done to contribute to her vulnerability, and he's been able to heal from what happened because of the way that she keeps handling the present day and making new history with him. So how sad would it have been if after all the effort that she put in to repairing that relationship, she suddenly drops the ball? So when she gave him a different response and she owned up to her own choices and she didn't make excuses and she really cared deeply about how her behaviors affected him, she created new history. She took his, his experience seriously, deeply appreciated his forgiveness, his willingness and patience to hang in there to take a huge risk with his heart and let her create new history. So everyone loves a comeback, right? And sees those who come back and change or rectify as heroes. They're proud of us, no matter how big the mistake was. You come back, you fix it, you redo it, you come back a better person, you're now a hero. You're revered. People want to copy you. And the enemy lost again. The enemy of your soul again lost the battle. And he didn't take you down. And he didn't ruin your life. And in fact, that blunder of yours became hope for everybody else. And your relationships become stronger and more solid. And you are better able to resist other issues that may come up because you've learned how to undo something and you've learned how much it takes to undo something. So everyone loves to come back. So, right, hello, let's all be heroes. Let's overcome our deficits, our proclivities, our selfishness. Let's do that through humility and let's take, let's have courage to face the worst parts of ourselves. Everybody has them. Everybody does. No matter how good we look on the outside, everybody has them. I'm always working on something. I, I say to God frequently, you know, really seriously, gosh, 
I'm going to be doing this till the day I die. I'm going to probably be working on something. You see, you have to understand, we never arrive. We never actually arrive until we get to heaven. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the last segment as we talk about creating new history, undoing your past. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. And also thank you so much for referring your friends to the show and to the podcast and to the website and always giving such great feedback on all the social media platforms that we have. So I want to encourage you again, if you have questions or topics or something you'd like me to talk on, I'd be more than happy to tailor make something to do that, and we can do that as a show. I can also do that for any of your organizations. So I'm glad to be here and really be doing this show on Undoing Your Past. It is always inspiring to me when I start talking about it. It gives me new hope again to hang in there and keep doing what God is asking me to do and working on overcoming my sin nature and overcoming the things that I know really don't reflect who God originally designed me to be. Everybody has something. Well, I would have to say everybody has a lot of things, if we're going to be really honest. It's tough. We live in a fallen body. We, leave, we live in a sin, sinful, diseased body that wants to do whatever it wants to do, and it usually wants to do contrary to what God has for us. And so it's tough, and we want to have a lot of compassion on ourselves and others, One of the ways to really, best ways to help people have compassion on you when you're working on something is to take responsibility for it. Don't minimize it. Don't make excuses for it. Now, you can offer explanations because sometimes explanations are very helpful. But we can never use an explanation as an excuse. Once we use it as an excuse, we've now undone all the work that we tried to do by helping people trust us. So I want you to work on being very cognizant of the experience that someone had of you when you messed up or found out about a past mistake, whatever it was, or was the victim of a past mistake. Because the more cognizant you are of their experience, you stop fighting with them about what's true. And you don't feel as, as you don't feel, it, it doesn't feel as necessary to make excuses and try to talk people out of it and minimize and mitigate whatever it was that happened and why you did it or why you keep doing it. Once you really care more about their experience than propping up your ego, there's so much more healing that happens so much more quickly and much more efficiently. So this practice is really, truly a commitment to love through action. See, if I've messed up, then my words don't mean very much anymore, unfortunately. See, the better I manage my life, the more my word means. The more my word is believed and not questioned. I don't have to prove it. If my life has been supporting what I say, I don't have to prove all the time that I'm trustworthy. If I've messed up, 
I do have to prove it. And one of the best ways to undo your past is to do that with a humble heart. If I get arrogant, if I get defensive, then people are going to go, he hasn't changed at all. She's not interested in changing. She just wants me to get over this. This is why it's so important that if you care about the experience someone has had of you and that it added a negative experience, that you're wanting to undo those effects, you have to do it through action. Words mean nothing at that point. And actions typically are ir- they're irresistible and they're inspiring. So a word of caution. Be prepared for how long it may take. See, the bigger and the more enduring the offense, this indicates how long, many times, you have to commit to doing things differently. Now, don't get hung up on how long it takes, because <laughs> just remind yourself, I'm changing anyways. So I'm, I'm not going to be changing just so that everybody gets over it. I'm changing because I need to change. If nobody gets over it, I still need to change, right? So it takes time to create new history. Remember that. Remember, it takes time to create new history. Let time work for you. Don't resist it. Don't try to race through time. Don't try to hurry time up. It's kind of like when I say to people, you know, you come to therapy, it's kind of like making a cake, right? You don't want to, if you take the cake out too soon, have you ever tried to frost an unbaked cake? It's a mess, right? So it takes as long as it takes. And we need to be committed to that because God is. God is committed to his creation. And it's taking as long as it takes. And he's in it for the long haul. And he's committed to it. So we need to be the same. We need to say, God, if you're that committed to me, I need to be that committed to me. And so you need to say to yourself, this is a change I should be making for myself as well. Because it's honoring to me. And Jesus lives in me. And Jesus is probably going to enjoy living in me more, the better that my behaviors are. The better my character is the more trustworthy I am as a person. See, this helps you like and love yourself as you become more comfortable in your own skin. So make note of this. You're with yourself 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And we've talked about this before on the show, that we're with ourselves all the time. We can't get away from ourselves. We try. We do all kinds of things to get away from ourselves. But every go, everywhere you go, there you are. And if we take it a step further, we say, you know, once you die, there is no opportunity to change. So you will always be you and known for how you loved and lived. This is what you want to remind yourself. It's not about making mistakes. It's not about that. It's about how do I respond to my mistakes? Do I learn from them? Do I become a better person because of it? Do other people get inspired by it? Are other people inspired to maybe copy what you do, even if you don't know they've made the same mistake you did? But they watch how you've overcome it, how you have changed, how you have rebuilt things. 
how much more revered you are, how much more trusted you are. So you want to be the best version of you because you're going to be with you forever. And that was one of the most life-changing things the Lord ever told me. He said, Cynthia, you're going to be with you forever. You might as well make peace with you. You might as well enjoy you. You might as well be you. Be the best version of you. Be who I created you to be because you're going to be that forever. So we don't want to wait to heaven until we can be at peace with ourselves. We want to be doing some of the work down here so that we actually enjoy God's world here as well. That we're not just living for tomorrow. That we're enjoying what he's given us today. And the people in our lives that he's brought, we enjoy them today. So you really want to be the person that people feel better after you've left them. Not the person they have to be repaired. I always say to people, you know, are you the person that caused people to go to therapy? Or are you the person that has to go to therapy because of people? So who do you want to be? That's the, that's the biggest question that God has presented. Who do you want to be? Do you want to be who I have created you to be? Or do you want to be your own version? So who do you want to be today? How are you going to make peace with you? And that's all about acceptance. That's about accepting you. And it's tough. Self-acceptance, that's a hard thing to do. And we're going to talk about that next week. We're going to talk about this self-acceptance issue. You know, I'm sure you've heard that saying, acceptance, the key to all my problems. Well, this is what God says. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So when God has told me the truth about me, some of my positive qualities, it's great. I go, wow, that really is true. And I can be free to walk out those talents and abilities and ideas and dreams and whatever it is. But he's also told me the truth about my deficits. And where it wasn't necessarily comfortable, it was very freeing because it's just true. And once I land on the truth, even if it's painful, God doesn't leave me with my own truth. He's with me in the truth of who I am. He says he'll never leave you, never forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So when God tells me the truth about who I am positively, it's wonderful. When he tells me the truth about who I am, <laughs> it's negative. It's still wonderful because he's with me and he's got a plan and he's got a purpose and he's not turned off by it. He knows me and he understands me and he's committed to me. So when you hear me say that, I want you to say that to yourself, that you are deeply loved. You are deeply valued. You are very wanted and very needed. God doesn't do anything sloppy or happenstance. Everyone is planned. Every human is planned. Everything in God's world is planned. Nothing is happenstance. So you can understand that when you know the truth about you and accept the truth, the good, bad, the indifferent, 
you will be free. And you will have so much more energy to work on the things that God is asking you to work on. And please don't try to work on everything all at one time. He's already accepted you and loved you deeply. Before you were ever created in your mother's womb, he wanted to be with you. And you were this beautiful idea that he had to express. And he's working day and night with Jesus and the Holy Spirit to make sure you make it home to him. So he loves you, values you, wants you, and needs you. Only you can affect the world in your way. You are a one-time occurring person. There will never be another one like you, even identical twins. Their spirits and soul is different. Only you can do you. And God needs you to do you in his world. And you can trust that. That's the whole point of the death of Christ. You can trust that. So I want you to be encouraged today. And I want you to know that love is patient and it's kind. It's not envious. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. It doesn't dishonest others and it's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love doesn't delight when bad things happen, even if it's logical. It rejoices with the truth and it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. That's how God loves you. That's how you need to love you. Be as committed to you as your father is. So have a great week. Thank you for listening today. I hope you share the show with other people. And if you're doing it as a small group, make sure you talk about it amongst yourselves. If you have any questions, you can always email them to me. So thank you again so much for supporting the show and all that you do on social media. Have a blessed week. Be the best version of you. The world needs it. God bless you today. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.